Welcome to Grown Ups Are Lucky. Every week, a new 250 word letter of recommendation, authored from some bent location in the past, referring to you as whom, and speculating as to whether it may be of concern. This week's story is titled Council. We woke up in each other's arms, our clothing torn, both unsure how we got there, and a little nervous to ask, or embarrassed. She had been my high school guidance counselor. That was ten years ago. Now I have my own line of cologne. She had suggested I study chemistry. I was all set to go into prison management, because I admired that lifestyle, or thought I did. My high school says, via its oracle, which is a giant mouth on the side of the life sciences trailer, that You are the dream you want if you dream because this country is magic for our types. We pay a lot of money in tuition. It costs a lot to feed the oracle. There are no longer public schools. Both of my parents are full-time dance instructors. Barbara, a.k.a. my guidance counselor, has a smell I would like to recreate. I will call the fragrance Friend's Mom. That is more subtle than calling it Kevin's Mom, which happens to be the name of Barbara's son, who was my best friend until he embarrassed our whole school by becoming a postal worker. Barbara unadopted him. I was at the Fragrance Academy at the time. You are like a son to me, she said, her mouth caked in horseradish mayonnaise from the roast beef sandwiches we must have brought into bed last night. You are like a friend's mom who guidances me, I said, while browsing my third favorite dating app. Thanks for listening. The preceding story was a complete work of fiction. I, for one, have no idea if I ever even had a guidance counselor. I was strictly guidance-averse in my youth. The following, however, is a true story. When I was in high school, I was a member of the student council. Not a lot was accomplished, especially by somebody like me who was and is terminally scattered and motivationally stunted. But I was good at giving impromptu speeches during general meetings. And one time, because I said we should invest our efforts in school safety and student harmony, I was named the co-head of a subcommittee tasked with promoting peace. We used the committee as a way to get out of class and talk about anything that wasn't educational. One day I realized that the student council had access to the kiosk in front of the high school at a very visible intersection of our medium-sized Midwestern college town, where the school would often post news or congratulate a sports team. The Make Love Not War Committee, as we had named ourselves, posted without permission from any administrator the following message. A bullet can kill a friendship. It seemed so inane that I thought it was funny. This was in the 80s before we had mass shootings every day. There were PSAs at the time like, Friends don't let friends drive drunk, or The mind is a terrible thing to waste. I was thrilled by the stunt because I nervously thought I might possibly get in trouble. But instead of hearing complaints or reprimands, nobody said anything, and the message remained on the sign for a preposterously long time. Because, I assume, it carried the implied authority of the official location where it was posted. 
Never mind that it was idiotic. Or rather, it seemed plausible because it was idiotic. This was mostly amusing, but also shows how certain messages become credible because of their location. For instance, the office of president is held by a racist steak salesman who also launders money and boasts of sexual assaults. Even though we know that to be true, he is treated by a frightening number of people, especially within the news media, as if he represents an argument that needs to be given its fair time. Like the message on the sign, if you drive by it, and you are only half thinking about it, it starts to mean something, even though it didn't mean anything. It is given legitimacy without scrutiny. But in this case, our president means something, and we pretend like he doesn't really mean that thing, because he's the president, and we have had lots of those guys, and the institutions always manage to carry on, though not necessarily in service to those on the margins which, come to think of it, is a majority of people if you bother with the math. But math is boring, and we have calculators on our phones, so who needs it? Plus, people always say this is the greatest country on earth, despite our scoring poorly on geography exams, or not even teaching geography in the first place. Anyway, if this were your yearbook and I were signing it, I might say, geography was so boring. Mrs. Geography Face hates us. Have a great summer. Keep in touch. Goodbye. For more information on the author, please set your browser to thejasonporter.com. Reproduction of all stories is strictly prohibited without express permission from the author.